enjoying fasting. <laughs> Raise your hand. You, you lie, okay? You all lie. Uh, I'm just joking. It's just a joke. Don't take me serious. Uh, until we get into the Word, don't take me serious. Everything that happens to this point is just for your pure enjoyment. Um, I, I certainly am not enjoying this fast. I feel tired and weak. Although I do enjoy spiritually the things that happen in my heart, um, I don't enjoy not being able to go get a steak when I want one. Uh, I thought about trying to fast Facebook. I have always tried to fast entertainment and media, but God never lets me. I don't know why. Like, I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll just like, close down Facebook for a little while. And the guy's like, no, you won't. <laughs> you, you won't. You're going you're gonna to go without meats and sweets. And I'm like, oh, praise God. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Anyways, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. How many were here last Sunday? A lot of new faces I see, but a lot of missing people here today. Um, we were in Matthew chapter 9, um, where Jesus had said, when the bridegroom is taken away, they will fast. I'd encourage you to get that sermon. I know some of it felt very uh, teachy, you know, um, but we need it in our community as we are prone to hyper uh, preaching, and which of, which of, of which I love, but sometimes a solid biblical foundation needs to be laid under our feet, and sometimes that can be perceived as very boring. But you know what? I find that um, when you teach, it really comes out well recorded. <laughs> can I just say that? Because usually I'll listen to myself when I'm preaching. I'm like, oh my God, would that guy shut up? You probably feel like that sometimes when you hear me preach. But, uh, but when I heard myself teach, I'm like, hey, wow. He sounds pretty put together. Anyways, just a little plug if you're interested in teaching. Never despise. It always comes out good for recording. How many are paying attention to our blogs? Uh, we just continued a blog. Uh, we just started, excuse me, a blog to help us lock in as a community to give us some prayer points as we're in this fast. So we're not lost. We were able to pray. I was able to, in the house of prayer, pray, pray those points all week. What a tremendous help uh, to just um, not just pray for anything, but lock in as a community of a couple hundred people and just day in, day out, pray those things over and over and over again. I'd encourage you um, in this fast to check out um, those blogs. They'll be on uh, the, our Facebook page, and they'll also be emailed to you. So if we don't have your email address, please stop by the Info Center, and let's get it so that we can lock in as a community and pray together as a community um, these different things. And so um, two things. Izzy, the last song that we did uh, for offering, she wrote that song. I know, right? So that was, I know, yeah. And so that was the first time we've ever uh, have played it live and, you know, kind of just going over that and trying to implement or put in some of our own music that we're writing currently as a community. Um, we're working on a CD and we decided this Sunday, well, let's try out this song. And so deeply excited about it. And Izzy, thank you so much for, um, it's always as an artist, you almost feel like you're exposing yourself a little bit. You're like, okay, I'm going to put myself out here, you know, and hopefully it's received. And then um, also there was an announcement made last Sunday about um, next steps um, that we were having it this Sunday. We are not, and I want to apologize for the confusion. And I should have maybe have apologized it um, on that Sunday, but it felt like there was so much confusion in the beginning there because, you know, I was trying to take an offering for the Restrepo's missions trip, and I, my wife said I was, like, you know, not doing it the right way. And so there was just a bunch of confusion. So I decided not to um, announce it. But this Sunday we will not be having 
next steps. Um, we're, we're in the process of revamping the whole structure of it because we found that it really didn't bear a lot of fruit. And so um, we, uh, if you were here December 20th, we had like after service, our Christmas service, we had a time of um, light refreshments out back and it was just a great time of fellowship and connecting as a church family. And we're going to kind of implement next steps into like that, uh, where there's food, there's refreshments, and then me and my wife will just simply talk a little bit about how to get involved and how to get be invested in the church, okay? Is that good? Everybody good? All right, all right. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Let's get right to the word. I promise not to take long. Um, we've had a couple long services here, uh, and I'm only going to give it probably maybe 25 30 minutes, uh, maybe. Um, but I do have, again, some, I think, foundational things in God's word for us to look at while we start this fast, okay? Um, let's pray, because I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I, um, I, I'm simply only going to take 20 to 30 minutes because that's all I have in notes. I'm not going to try to uh, bleed, uh, or, or, you know, bleed the horse dry. I'm just going to give you what I have. But I do need the Holy Spirit. So I'm not trying to be short just for the sake of being short. That's all I have. I decided not to add to it nor take away. Let's pray because I need the help of the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit to help me right now. You really do. So if you could be praying for me that the Holy Spirit would fill me uh, with his words and his message today to deliver you. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And I lean upon him. I, I ask, Lord, that all my words would be governed by the Holy Spirit, that, that as we get into this scripture, you would open our ears and open our eyes and make clear the word of God here today as you lay a strong foundation under our feet on the topic of fasting. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Matthew chapter 6, turn with me. Uh, 16 through 18, three verses, three passages. Here's Jesus saying, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will receive. Wow. But when you fast, comb your hair. Wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father. Now listen in, key in on this verse. Who knows what you do and where private. And your father who sees everything, everything, will reward you. Come on, how many want the reward? How many want some solid rewards in this fast? Listen, if I'm going to go without something that I love, like food, I want to know that there's something at the end of that tunnel. You, it may be all right with you to just fast to be seen and applauded by man, but that's not enough for me. It's not enough to, to get me to want to go without things that I love, and I love food. But some observations here, right? Let's get some observations. I got one amen there. Uh, Jesus simply says, listen, guys, when you fast, don't stick out. Don't call attention to yourself. Don't, don't be insincere, insincere Right? By making it obvious, make your fasting, this is what Jesus is saying essentially vertically, make it vertical, make it before the eyes of God and for the entertainment of God only. Isn't that awesome? So great. And, and, and you know, we have to understand in Jesus saying that, that these were uh, kind of central elements in Jewish culture at the time, it's things like prayer and fasting, very important. But Jesus 
is assumed here, much like he is in chapter 9 of Matthew, to be uh, validating the act or the practice of fasting. He is no way reducing, doing away with, saying no. It's done with the the new covenant. He is validating it. Remember, Jesus said, um, when you fast, not if you fast. So you get this kind of feel like it's not... There's, it's, there's really like no kind of, um, it's, is it obligated? No, but it's definitely assumed by Jesus, much like it is in Matthew chapter 9, that his people will fast. Was that not enough to convince you? Jesus is assuming here, much like he is in Matthew chapter 9, that when the bridegroom is taken away, and when you fast, not if you fast, that you will fast. Why do I say that? Well, there's an argument in the church today that things like fasting and these other things that we do practice as a church family no longer exist. For example, in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus says when the bridegroom is taken away, they will fast. Most believers think that that was a time between Jesus' death and his resurrection. But we see New Testament examples of fasting, right? Right? We see in the early church, in Acts uh, chapter, uh, let me get the right chapter here. We see in uh, Acts chapter, go to my notes, um, I actually referenced this last Sunday. And look at me, I can't find it. That's because it's a couple pages down. Getting a little bit ahead of myself, but nevertheless, it's a good point to interject here at this time. Okay, in Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. In Acts chapter 14, 23, we see in many other scriptures, we see the practice, if you would, or the work of fasting in the New Testament. So that would lead me to think, as well as this verse that says, when you fast, not if you fast, that fasting is legitimate, that it's something we should do. And Jesus assumes that we will do. You know, the funny thing, I talked about this last Sunday, is in Matthew chapter 9, the verse that 15 that we used last Sunday, Jesus wasn't commanding, but Jesus was prophesying in verse 15. He was pretty much prophesying the future posture of the church. So when he says, they will fast when the bridegroom is taken away, he wasn't saying, they will or I will get them. <laughs> they will or they better, they, they better do this. He was saying, no, they will. He was foretelling, if you would, the future posture and act of the church regarding to fasting. And that's so important. And so, you know, for me, I don't see the issue here with Jesus, you know, that it's an issue of should we fast? Or, or, or you know, should we do this or not? It, it seems to be Jesus is talking about the heart. You know, in the Gospels, you always see that Jesus takes the subject or the conversation right to the heart, doesn't he? In other words, he kind of points out or shines a big light on what motivates our behaviors. So something like fasting, he's saying, what motivates you? I'm not doing away with this, but what is in your heart when you do this? So the question comes to mind that Jesus is more talking about how we fast and why we fast and why they matter. How we fast and why we fast. In other words, fasting only to be recognized, that recognition is your only reward, friend. Or on the other hand, fasting, which is done before God, and not for human approval or recognition, 
can expect, hear me, can expect. Jesus doesn't mince any words. Undoubtedly, Jesus says you can expect a heavenly reward from your father. Let's turn just back a couple of verses to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. If I could read. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Notice to the extent that Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 drives home the single nail of privacy. When you give, don't do it to be seen. When you pray, go to a room and lock the door. When you fast, don't fast to be seen by man for their approval and that recognition, but fast before me. Now, Jesus is in in no way, I believe, for studying, advocating for isolation, meaning that we don't isolate ourselves when we fast. We're not uh, jeopardizing the reward by literally drawing away from one another. Again, we see in the early church, New Testament examples of prayer and fasting that was done together as the body. But Jesus is, you know, in the Greek, (laughs) um, you would look at this room that Jesus is referencing here in Matthew chapter 6 as a room, as a storeroom, um, probably without windows. Imagine that. Uh, The only lockable room in the house It represents the least public place in the house. But again, we don't isolate ourselves, but Jesus puts the magnifying glass on our hearts, on the why and how, and it matters to him. Because up until this day, there was this kind of theme within the religious people, the Pharisees and the people of Jesus' day, only to do things to be seen. Only to do things to be recognized. If it was praying in the public, if it was, um, you know, kind of looking disheveled and miserable because you're fasting. I am, I'm working hard on that. Last night in prayer, oh my God, I was, I was, I needed a hamburger or something. I just was not in good shape. And, 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 and I just wear, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Nothing is hidden. You know, I, there, sh- there should be some more concealed, but I just tend to do, especially when I'm feeling miserable and tired. But Jesus is saying, listen, don't call attention to yourself. Do this vertically, do, not horizontally. Don't do this before uh, the eyes of man. But do it before my eyes. Do it before me. And so Jesus drives this point of kind of the heart posture, if you would, of how we are to give and how we are to pray and how we are to fast. He says, listen, go the secret place. You know, a well-known pastor said this, and if I mentioned his name, uh, you would know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to because um, I kind of want some of the creds. But anyways, I guess I just blew it there. Uh, but he said this to his congregation as uh, he was teaching them about fasting. Now listen, I know it's funny, but listen, hone in, I know. Um, he said this, being seen fasting and fasting to be seen are not the same. Let me say that again. Some of you are still giggling, um, which I'm glad I made you smile. Uh, Being seen fasting and fasting to be seen are not the same. For example, um, I've had to turn down two dinners (laughs) this week. And man, that I I really wanted to go, you know, to these. I knew where one couple was going to take me. I was like, well, I I so want to go there. Um, 
But I had to interject and say, listen, I, I can't go. I'll meet with you. I'm glad to meet with you, but I can't go because I'm fasting. That is not me trying to be seen. That's just me stating the obvious of what I'm doing. Uh, we had a couple weeks ago, uh, we merged both the um, uh, working professional small group and the student small group together and had a meal and a time of fellowship. And um, Tony, a young man who comes here, he's not here today, um, but he was um, joining in the collegiate 40-day uh, fast, um, I believe. It was, it was 40 days, right? Yeah. And, and we were just breaking bread. I was like, Tony, Tony, get some food. I mean, when you party with Hilltop and J-Hop, man, you get like every type of food experience. Every, like, we had like uh, Lebanese. We had, I don't even know if I can correctly define the different uh, f- portions of food that we had. Will like made, I don't you know, Will made some awesome goulash. I don't even know if he has a name for it, but it was just this mad spread. I'm like, hey, dude, come on, eat. I mean, I'm a partier. I get down. I like to be serious, but I like to have be some fun too. So I'm like, Tony, listen up. And he's like, dude, I'm fasting. And that's not Tony trying to be seen. So being seen fasting is, mere, is a mere, excuse me, external event. It happens, and it's going to happen along this fast. And it doesn't mean that we hide away from one another. Listen, I want to pray with you. During this fast, I want to worship with you together during this fast. I want to be a community as well as I want to go into that room and lock the door, you know. Um, but, 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 I, but I do want to be together as a community. I mean, prayer last night was unbelievable. It was so good for our hearts, so good for my heart uh, to be in the context of prayer and worshiping together with the family of God. But yet... In, Fasting, too. Like, it just adds a whole different dynamic to our prayer and to our worship. And so I want to do that. But fasting to be seen is a mere external event. It's going to happen. It's going to happen throughout this fast. But fasting to be seen is a self-exalting motive of the heart. Let me say that again. Fasting to be seen is a self-exalting motive of the heart. Again, to be clear, there are examples of New Testament fasting as a community, not withdrawing, but being together. So fast forward, I want to ask myself some questions, and hopefully by this time, you're asking yourself some questions too. And whenever, whenever we teach and whenever I start hearing messages about fasting, my mind immediately goes to Matthew chapter 6, uh, just because it's filled with just rewards. I, I love rewards. I love presents, guys. Okay. You know, my wife, you know, she'll get me a pair of socks when I wanted an iPad. You know, I wanted a new flat uh, screen television, you know, but I love gifts. And so I love that God chooses to reward us when our fasting and when our prayer and when our giving is sincere. I love that. And you should love that too. Listen, if you're fasting today merely just to be recognized and seen and applauded, and, oh, aren't you just a good Christian, then you might as well not do it. Can I just say that? If we're fasting as a community only just to be seen by outsiders and insiders, oh, look at Jacob, aren't they so cool and devoted to God? I'd rather not. I'd rather sit at McDonald's and eat a quarter pounder. Honey, I'm sorry. Uh, I did that <laughs> during the 40 days when we established J-Hop. I, I went at night. <laughs> I went at night, and I was in a rough space. I gave it all I had for the days, but I went at night, and I was at that drive through 
McDonald's in Watertown, man. They love me. They're like, oh, he's back. I was eating fries that tasted like rubber. I'm like, oh, I'm just hungry. But I love that God rewards those who diligently seek him. I love that God, that there could be a potential of God's reward in this fast. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm giving up food. I'm choosing to set apart for a season regular eating habits in in, in food. At, At most that I might be able to obtain a reward in God. And I have, I have no problem with that. Some of us, we like to be holier than else. Well, you know, even if, you know, just, just to do it is enough, Jesus, because we love you. <laughs> Guys, you understand that that's the same posturing as the religious people of Jesus' day. That's religion. Why do I know it's not true? Because unless we call a fast, you don't fast. <laughs> unless we call a fast, I don't fast. So if that was the truth, I'd probably live a fasted lifestyle, wouldn't I? So it's good. It's good. It's good, and it's the way God sets it up here in Matthew chapter 6 that we can expect a reward. If our fasting is sincere, if it's, if it's vertical, if it's for the entertainment and for the pleasure of God and God only, then we, we can expect a reward. Now, what are the rewards? Okay, I don't know what's going on there. That's good. Allegra's going to start running around the sanctuary. Ah! No, just joking. Revival! No, just <laughs> She's got to get her guitar because she's going to play with the kids. Be careful, be careful. It's okay. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you afterwards. We always take care of those who screw up after the service. We, I'm just joking, guys. So this leads me to a question. What are the rewards? Don't you just, I mean, am I I bad for thinking like that? I'm like, so what are they, God? You know, like, what do I get? (laughs) Woohoo! And so most theologians, now listen to me, because I'm not a theologian. I'm not a biblical scholar. You might have noticed by now um, that I'm not, I I mean, I'm trying. I'm getting better, but I'm not there yet. Um, And certainly if I was there, I'm sure I'd be the only one saying that about myself. Um, But most theologians and most biblical scholars believe that the rewards given to those whose fasting is sincere are listed in the same chapter, 9 through 13. Now, this is going to play a little bit with you because I'm not going to get much into the backdrop because I would fail at it miserable. Listen, people like R.C. Sprawl, Jonathan, uh, John Piper, excuse me, well-known, reputable theologians believe that these uh, these things listed in Matthew chapter 9 through 13, I'm sorry, chapter 6, 9 through 13, are the rewards. And let's see if we can follow this a bit. This is where you're really going to have to tune in, and hopefully I do a real good job at communicating. Um, so in order to kind of get uh, Matthew, cha- uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we have to start reading at verse 5. Can we read some verses here? Can we read the words of Jesus? So in verse 5, Jesus says this, When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Uh, But, six, when you pray, 
Go away by your father, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 7, when you pray, listen, some of us in the house of prayer, we need to listen into this verse. Some of you are thinking about starting houses of prayer. Some of you who already have started house of prayers, like Jehob, we need to listen in and key, on, key in, in on the words of Jesus. He says this, when you pray, don't what? Babble. On and on, as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. I mean, I've been doing house of prayer for about, I don't know, six or seven years, and I don't know how stereotypical or how common that is in the prayer room. I love it. I love that people pray, but it begins to cross that threshold to actually being annoyed. I'm like, do you have to say The same words over and over again. Jesus heard you. We all heard you. Hey, listen, I'm guilty of it myself. I have definitely done that. So he says, don't babble on and on uh, like people of other religions. Don't think your prayers are answered merely by repeating your words again and again. Verse 8. Now, key in, focus in, get this before you. Verse 8 of chapter 5. Listen, guys, if there's anything else that I want you to get, I just want you to listen to this, okay? He says this in verse 8. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. And then Jesus says, pray like this. So Jesus knows, even before we start to pray, even before we start to utter the words, God knows what it is we need. And could I just, if I could, and and I studied the word need, so there's, there's validation for this, but you can replace that uh, word need with reward. You could say, God knows exactly how to reward you. Because yeah. he knows everything you need. You may think you need certain things, and they may be contrary to what God thinks you need. And so who has the final say? Well, I say, friend, God does. <laughs> and so... We look closer now, and then this is nine. So that's our on-ramp, if you would. That's our on-ramp to understand that God is a good God. He knows my needs, even before I utter them in prayer. He knows how to reward me according to his will and purpose. And so what is his will and purpose? Well, I believe they're listed in Matthew 9 through 13. Jesus says, right, he says, don't babble. Don't repeat your words, but pray like this. Or maybe Jesus is saying, your real need is this. It's not to babble. (laughs) It's not to be repetitive. It's not to think that if you just keep on saying the same words over and over, that God's just suddenly going to get it and be like, I got it. Okay, that's what you need. But this, according to Jesus, I think it's him saying what we really need and how he'll really reward us. And this is what he says. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. (laughs) That's a need. In our own hearts, in the hearts of others, we need God's name to be kept holy. (laughs) May your kingdom come soon. (laughs) How many want God's kingdom to come? How many want Jesus to return and gather us 
Well, how many want those days of the garden to be restored? Listen, if you don't, it's because you've become too comfortable in this age. And you're willing to just get along with life in this world. But you, friend, understand on the backs and the words of many other apostles, you were not created for this world. You are a foreigner, and the one cry of your heart when the bridegroom, or now that the bridegroom has been taken away, is that you would say, come again, God. Sorry, I get a little passionate. Some of us in Cambridge aren't used to that. Uh, May your will be done on earth. Come on, that sounds like J-Hop right now. Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that a need? Could that be looked at as a reward? What if God, in this fast, rewarded us and said, ah, I hear them, I hear them, I see them. You know, the eyes of God search to and fro, they, and all of a sudden they just, boom, on Jehob. He says, I'm going to reward them. I'm going to bring my kingdom right into this community, and it's going to feel like a little piece of heaven. Well, I, I don't know, but I'd, <laughs> I don't know, I'd take that over money. I'd take that over riches, and I'd take that over being recognized. <laughs> he goes on. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation. Come on. How many of you had that need today? How many of you have the need where you've seen your life constantly yield to temptation? Where you've given, how many have a need? It would almost be like the most glorious thing you could receive from God that He would deliver you from the tempter. Come on. And rescue us from the evil one. I believe that these are the rewards that Jesus lists. These are the things that He knows we need. And ultimately, guys, I think if you look at anybody who is sincere in this fasting, you would see that that's what they want. I know certainly I want God's kingdom to come. I know for certain I want his name to be kept holy in my heart, holy in my family, holy in my church, holy in my neighbors. I want him to be kept there. And I need the food that, and the, the, the things that I need for everyday life. Some of us take those things for such granted, but we need them and they're a gift from God. So Jesus says, make your prayers, just recapping, make your prayer, your fasting, your giving vertical. In other words, fix your hair, wash your face. Don't grumble, Daryl, because you're tired, you know? And I probably will do it again, again and again over these 40 days, but my heart is being worked on by the Holy Spirit, and I hope to lock in, or I can fix my hair, and I can stop whining. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing when you give, when you give, don't call attention to yourself. And when you pray, don't babble. Don't use the same words over and over again, thinking that your prayers will be answered. But pray like this, I think Jesus is saying. Pray and fast that God's name would be kept holy. Pray and fast and give that God's kingdom would come soon. Pray, fast, and give that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray and fast and give uh, uh, us the things that we need today. Pray that our sins would be forgiven and that we would have the capacity to forgive those who sin against us. you got to fast for that. We need to do a series on forgiving and offense in the day. It's cancerous, friend. And some of, you, some of us think we're so good at it. We're not good at it. 
We hold on to things. I can't believe what they said. I, dude, I can't believe Pastor Darrell always leading worship. Why didn't he make room for us? Oh, oh, you thought I was that pastor. I'm not that pastor, friend. I'm not. Let's just get that straight. I am not that guy. We need to call spades, spades. Diamonds, diamonds. <laughs> but we need the capacity to forgive. We're not good at it. We don't follow the example of Christ in forgiving those who merely just say bad things about us. You understand, God forgave the world for their sins. And he died. He was beaten to the point of being unrecognizable. But yet, he says at the end, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do today. Do you have that capacity to forgive? Maybe you could wrap some of your fasting around gaining some of that capacity. Say, God, I, 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 I don't want to be easily offended. Oh, I can't believe church wants me to show up every Sunday and set up. Wow, wow, wow. You know, if that's your attitude, then don't come. You need to start thinking about the God who sees everything, what he thinks about our complaining and our whining and our unforgiveness and our bitterness. What is he? He sees it, friend. Mock my words, he sees it. And he's not laughing. He's not giving you a green card and just say, yeah, continue that way. That's good. Yeah, that get you real far. We need the capacity to forgive and be good at it. I'm sorry. Went on a little tangent there. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, so pray that our sins would be forgiven and that we would forgive those who have sinned against us. Pray and fast that we wouldn't yield to temptation, that we would be delivered from the traps of the evil one. We fast, or our fast, or my fast, is, and our, my prayer is out of our from a longing that God's name would be known and cherished and honored. And, and my fasting and my praying is unto this, that his rule would be extended and consummated in history. And with longing and fasting in this 40-day season, I'm praying that his will would hold sway everywhere the same way or in the same devotion and energy that the inexhaustible angels show sleeplessly in heaven forever and ever. That's what I'm praying and fasting for. I'm praying. I am that for me is enough. That for me is enough. Those, that list in Matthew 9, uh, I'm sorry, keep on saying Matthew 9 and uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, that is enough for me to lay hold, to lock in. I don't care if I ever see revival. You know, obviously I do. But, you know, if I can, those things listed, if that was all this fast created in me and did in me, then, friend, it is well with my soul. It is good. I'm praying that that would be all of our hearts. And certainly, guys, I'm not trying to reduce or pull away from things that we fast, specific, you know, things that we need. Remember God, Jesus said that God knows everything we need. He, he's not clueless. So there's, per, per, there's things that we need as individuals, you know. And so I'm fasting for reasons, uh, you know, for his salvation, for his help, for his wisdom, for his providence, for his favor. I'm fasting for many things in my private life. But, but, but the larger picture is, I believe, Verses 9 through 13, the bigger picture is that. So, Jesus, like Jesus does so well, 
challenges the reality of God in our lives. Through these things, he challenges. Because why? It's simple. Either you're doing these things to be seen and recognized and applauded and cheered, or you're doing these things before God, the Father, vertical, before his eyes only, for his entertainment only. And so it directly from giving to praying to fasting, it's directly connected to the uh, reality of God, his grip on our lives. That's big picture. Remember Matthew chapter 9, 15. They will fast when the bridegroom is taken away. I said at the end of my sermon last Sunday, are you they? Bigger picture. Are you those who will fast? Not to be seen, not to be recognized, but to be seen by God. So will we succumb? You know, it is within all of our nature to want to be seen. Some of you would like to deny it. I would like to deny it. But at the end of the day, the cry of our hearts is, see me. <laughs> oh, come on. You didn't see me vacuum the floor here. Did you just see me pray? I mean, did it not break things in the atmosphere? Did the pastor get this? We want to be seen and recognized, friend. It's in you. It's part of your fallen nature. And Jesus calls it to account here in the scriptures. Some of you guys, oh, I hope she sees me. You know, let me help Pastor Daryl. Hey, babe. You want a date? <laughs> we want to be seen. We want to be recognized. We want to be applauded and praised. But God says, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what it's about. Where's your heart? Where is your heart? And I'd rather just give up right now. I'd rather just stop this fast. I'd like to close the rooms of the prayer room. And I'd like to close the rooms of the church if all we're doing here is just to be seen and applauded by man. I, I don't want to, as a pastor, do this fast only for you to say, good job, pastor. You know, there's that tendency. It's a good tendency, too, where we hope that some of our examples will lead people into that same practice. You know, as a pastor, I'm like, yeah, I want, I'm fasting. Join with me, you know, because it's so hard sometimes to inspire people and to get them to lock in and, and fast and pray and give. But even that, at its core, guys, can cross that line. So, guys, my heart, if you get anything today is that our, our, our fasting would be sincere. We would be led by a heart that is true, that, that we are not doing things for the praise and the recognition of man. I'm sorry I'm saying that a lot, but it is important. It is important. Why? Because it's part. It is so engraved in us. And Jesus knows it, and that's why he says it. This is in you. <laughs> you do these things because of this, this, and this. But I say, do these things before my eyes. And let's see if you do them. Let's see if you do them. Let's see if you really lock your room, lock yourself in your room, if, if you could really go without food and not have the comfort or the praise of others applauding you. So I want us to be sincere. I don't want to, guys, I don't, I don't like fasting. So if I'm going to do it, 
I want to do it right. And it seems like Jesus cares about how we do it and why we do it. And we're so locked into the charismatic uh, uh, rhetoric that if we do A, we'll get B. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, if your heart is right. Uh, So many Christians in, in the charismatic field want to just put the emphasis on what we get. But Jesus puts the emphasis on, where's your heart? (laughs) Don't you just love Jesus? Because that's all he ever does. (laughs) Let's pray. That was exactly 32 minutes and 52.